Hi, and welcome to That Fangirl Life, the podcast that champions female fans, with me, your host, Laurel. This week, I'm joined by 19-year-old Emily, the founder of Press Paper Shop, which specialises in Harry Styles fan-made merch. Listeners, we discuss where the idea of the shop came from, how the One Direction reunion tea became a four-time sellout hit overnight, the pressure there is to get new ideas on sale as soon as Harry drops something, and what Emily hopes for in the future with the shop's success it's gained from TikTok. Hello everybody, we are back with another episode of That Fangirl Life and as you all loved talking about fan merch so much in season one, we thought we'd bring it back again for season two and this time I am joined by M from Pressed Paper Shop. Em, do you want to uh, talk a little, well introduce yourself a little? Hi everyone, I'm Emily and I'm the owner of Pressed Paper Shop. So, um, I'm 19 years old, I am actually a college student at the moment studying uh, medical studies so outside of the shop I'm pretty much a hundred percent doing school and um, um, studying and working towards my part I'll be a junior next semester so things are wrapping up quickly and I'm super excited for that um, and then I'm from based in Phoenix Arizona I grew up here love it here there's a lot of like really cool places to go around here wouldn't think um, in little Phoenix Arizona but um, yeah, I think that's about it. I will start how I start every episode, and that is by asking, what does the word fangirl mean to you? Yeah, so, I mean, I feel like I resonated with the term fangirl for as long as I can remember. Um, I have an older sister, and pretty much anything that she would do, um, I would do. And so, from a young age, I think fangirl was always a word that I adored. From from an outside perspective, it's not always, that term doesn't always have a positive connotation, but for me, it's like fangirl means unapolog- unapologetically loving who you love. And, you know, do, loving rec- recklessly is like how I like to, to phrase it because it's like, if there's something that you love, you're just fearlessly, fearlessly, you know, loving it in your life. And, you know, fangirls, they come in all shapes and sizes. Not everyone is as crazy as me and it has like a whole shop <laughs> dedicated to one person. But, you know, it's like everyone's in their own way. And I think that's what's really awesome about it is we connect through a certain thing. And um, that's what brings us all together. Who was the first band or artist that you were like a fangirl of? Yeah, I'd say, funnily enough, it was One Direction, but specifically One Direction and Five Sauce, like the One Direction Five Sauce era. Um, And that was like one of my first big concerts that me and my sister could go to alone together. Um, And so I just remember that was like the hallmark for me. And um, I feel like I actually was more of a Five Sauce fan than a One Direction fan, funny enough. And um, I just remember loving them so much and that tour and that era was everything to me so I'd probably say five sauce one direction with everyone that I've spoken to that's not British I've always asked them how were you introduced to one direction because obviously for me I used to watch x factor on a Saturday night so as soon as they were about people like fell in love with them on the tv here but obviously in the US you might not have known more so until a little bit later so how were you introduced to One Direction? 
Um, I honestly, my sister, because she was, I mean, she's, we're almost three years apart. So she was a little bit older. She was on Stan Twitter, if that's what you want to call it. I don't even know if it was like considered how it is now. I think it's definitely evolved into a different animal at the moment, but, Mm -hmm. um, Back then, it definitely was like a place where people discovered people and like they were little babies and she was really a Justin Bieber fan and I was so little so I don't remember like much of it but um, you know if you have an older sister, older siblings, just in general, I think, you know, like whatever the older one does, everybody else has to do too. And so it's kind of, we had a really close relationship for the longest time. And so, and she was my concert buddy growing up as well, which I miss concerts so much, but um, that was like how we bonded and like how we grew together. So whoever she liked, whoever she found on Twitter, like we went through a Cody Simpson phase. We went through so many like weird, awkward phases, but the only one that really stuck for me was One Direction, which is really awesome. I think it's just like their individual personalities and like, I don't know, just how welcoming it seemed. Yeah. Like little girls, you know, to look up to like these five guys, you know, it's, it's just really awesome. Who was your favorite member at the beginning? You know, I I was thinking about this question and I swear it was Niall. Oh, okay. And I think it's because he was just so different from everyone else. Like he had that quirky personality, but also like his accent and like just the way he looked was so different. It was easy for me to like pick him out of everybody else. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so I it was I swear it was Niall <laughs> it's funny because usually when I ask it and it when someone's moved over like to being a more of a Harry um fan they all say Louie was like who they liked the most to begin with which yeah. is like yeah obviously the I think it's more so because obviously his personality was so prominent when they first started that Harry was like the shy, young, curly-haired one that everyone was like, oh, just look at him. And now, obviously, it's completely different. But let's move on to a little bit more about the shop itself. So how did the idea of the shop, first of all, come about? Yeah, so, um, well, my dad, he's been screen printing for almost 20 years now. So when he was based back in L.A., He did screen printing for um, MTV. He did like this line for Justin Bieber, which we can't find pictures for, but that's like pretty crazy. Um, And so he had always been really into screen printing. And so when quarantine had first happened and I was locked in my room um, and I first started getting back into One Direction and Harry Styles and um, kind of the fandom again through TikTok mainly, um, it was just a very easy transition to make the switch between me and my hobby and what I was doing on my free time since I suddenly had a copious amount of free time and switching it into like something that other people would love to. And it never, it's kind of crazy because it never started out as like a business. Like I never went in with the intention of it being what it is now. It was more like, oh my God, Harry was seen wearing this honey t-shirt and I need to have it. And it's vintage and I can't find it anywhere and I can't buy it and, and I, and I need it. And then it was my dad looking at it and being like, oh my gosh, I can make you one. And I was like, no way, because that would be everything to me because, you know, every, I feel like the honey tea for me was 
was what really set it off on TikTok anyways. And that's like yeah. where we start. And it's this sense of like, oh my gosh, people love that, love what I love and resonate with something that I made, you know? And so it wasn't until I started making my own designs and my own merch that that response, getting that response back from people was crazy. And it's like, whoa, maybe this can be something, you know? And it all happened very quickly. Like it, I posted the video of like, this is my shirt, or this is my honey tea that I made. Um, and then it blew up overnight. And ever since then, Press Paper Shop has just been just, growing ever since. Obviously, you mentioned that your dad like was in a um, similar business and stuff like that. But what did your family think when you were like, yeah, this is taken off. I'm going to carry on doing this like seriously. Were they all like, okay, like that's great. Or were they a bit like, hold on one second. What's like, how much is this going to take over my house? Because I know from last season, Jess and uh, Beth's parents, obviously their sisters, they were a bit like, yeah, that's fine. And then they would come down and the dining room would be covered in like sweatshirts and t-shirts and embroidery machines. And they were like, I think we might need to build you an office. Yeah, yeah. So um, I think they were always very understanding. Like my dad had always wanted me to get into um, graphic design and start designing my own things. And so from the beginning, he had always wanted that for me and kind of wanted me to because I'd always been very artistic ever since I was a kid. I w had phases like watercolor phases. I had like a bullet journal and scrapbooking and I used to paint. And so he, he always knew that that's what I love to do in my free time anyways. And so he'd always wanted that for me. And, you know, his love is screen printing, taking something that's blank and turning and, you know, and turning it into something that mm -hmm. is beautiful. And so that's his art form. And so he's always loved my ideas and, and, I don't know, just my concepts. And so he's always wanted me to go down that route, but it, it seemed like it was the perfect timing. Everything kind of fell into place. So from the get-go, they were already like 100% in, like, yes, let's do it. Because when he had moved out to Phoenix, um, he only had a few like small local business um, accounts, basically. And so it wasn't anything for him to do it full time. And really, that's what he wanted to do is do screen print full time. And so we didn't know that the shop was going to blow up in the way that it did. But he was like, either way, like you're making what you like, and I'm happy that you're doing that. And so although we didn't think that, you know, it'd be this big, they always hoped that it would because they knew it's what made me happy. And also it let him do more of what he liked to do as well. It's like crazy to see like how many shops have like popped up since last year in regards to it. Like it just seemed to like all of a sudden like explode. And the only thing we've been in the UK is we don't have that many great ones, which is even in Europe. And obviously at the moment because of Brexit, shipping costs are not great for us here because <laughs> I'm always like oh, I just want to buy everything from everyone's shop and it's just so expensive I got like the $30 shipping and you're like that's it for me yeah that's my it sucks yeah yeah um, but I always say like um quarantine has been absolutely terrible but like you said a bunch of shops have popped up over the past year and it's like amidst all the chaos it seems like it's truly been the golden era of small business and I think even businesses that, you know, were functioning before COVID, um, I think they've just grown exponentially. And it's like, nobody's really out of their house anymore. Can't really. Um, and so like, 
you're almost forced to shop online, which is just awesome for people who really want to follow their passions and suddenly have all this time. And it's like, everything just kind of falls into place. And I think that's awesome. One of the questions that was asked was, why did you decide to base the shop around Harry and 1D primarily to start with? Well, I mean, that was like the first fandom that I first got into um, (laughs) post-COVID. So I don't know. I mean, I feel like uh, a lot of people have theories about this, like going into COVID and kind of reverting back to your childhood self. Yeah. I've just seen a bunch of theories on TikTok. So I guess that could be part of it. But I mean, Harry and his solo music is, I first started with Harry. um, And so getting back into that and then, back into One Direction music and then um I don't know I just felt like alive if that makes sense after like not going out like not talking to anyone really for months it just seemed like like it was the perfect thing to do and it was just what I was interested in and and still am interested in now so I think that's just what I went to first with the obviously your kind of first design was the um eat honey t-shirt the next design after that did that come to you in to your head like I want to design something similar to that or was it another kind of like specific outfit that you'd seen and thought I could kind of stylize that in a different way for people I think my next the next big design that is like popping up to my head is the the one direction reunion which also was a very 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 crazy time for us and probably the single moment that like put our shop on the map and kind of set us apart from everything else. Um, And that idea primarily came about because of um, the 10 year reunion and how everyone thought that (laughs) they were going to get something. We're going to get something like um, they're going to get back together. Like there's this website. And so there was all this buzz about a reunion. And um, my initial thought was, how cool would a t-shirt be that says, you know, One Direction, you know, a 10 year reunion only comes around once. So I was like, I really want to commemorate this moment, this full circle moment for me and my childhood. And also clearly everyone else as the One Direction um, fandom is skyrocketing on TikTok, um, commemorate it with a t-shirt. And it's just, it's just going to be one T. This is the only t-shirt you'll ever need for One Direction. You know, this is it. And I remember on a Sunday night, I'm just like, mom, I don't know if people are going to like it. I posted it on TikTok and then I closed my phone out because I'm like, you know, I posted it. We're just going to see what happens. I'm like, I'm expecting it to get like a thousand views. You know, that's, we had like 7,000 followers at the time. I'm like, oh, it'll do pretty good. Like people will like it. And I come back to probably 15 minutes later and my TikTok is blowing up and it's like a hundred thousand it's going up by hundred thousands of views at a time every time I refresh and I'm like mom what is happening we're, we're freaking out it's Sunday night 10 p.m okay <laughs> like, you're like Sorry. we might need to get some and, more t-shirts and, ordered <laughs> I'm freaking out I'm like what is going on so all of a sudden I think what made me check TikTok was we were just hearing the like the cha-chings on Etsy and I'm like mom why are we selling we just posted this why are we selling so much of this shirt and so i go on tiktok and i realize it's gaining hundreds of thousands of views by the second like every time i'm refreshing it's going viral and we've never had like a a viral shirt i mean i think the last one that we had was the honey one which you know in relative 
to each other. It's not very far from each other. So I wasn't really expecting anything, um, which is crazy how the TikTok algorithm works because I think that's like mainly why small businesses can gain an audience the way that it's set up. But, um, but yeah, it was, we had never sold anything like this before. And, you know, mind you, we're like a two week old business, two, three week old business at this point, maybe actually maybe like a month old. Um, so we're still trying to figure everything out. And, um, and I think within the first day we went to bed and I woke up the next day and had already sold out, I think four times in the time that we were sleeping. And so we wake up the next day and my mom's like, I don't know what to do. Like, this is so many orders. And I'm like, um, since my dad already had, uh, people in that he knew in the business, um, he was like, well, if we have to, we can outsource, but the last thing we want to do is, you know, turn people away. I feel like this is a big moment for everyone and everyone, you know, the shirt we're still selling almost a year later. And so, um, within the first day, I think we sold 4,000 shirts, which is like, that's insane in one day. That's like insane. So yeah. you, did you make them all yourself, like you and your family yourself, or did you have to outsource them in the end? Cause that is a lot. Well, right. Yeah. We, so in the first day we sold 4,000 and then in the following days we sold probably another like 2,500. So total one direction reunion t-shirts probably sold around four, five, 6,500 shirts. And so we had guaranteed that everyone that had placed their orders within the first day would receive it by the 23rd, which we felt like gave us enough time. And so that's still 4,000 shirts, but my dad, you know, he kind of has it down. We have this rotating um, screen printing machine, which a lot of people are turning to because you can like just put on six shirts at a time. And he was working probably like 12, 13 hour days just printing these shirts and we would, we had to ship in um, colored t-shirts because they're like this tan color. And so we had sought our local distributors. We had sold out the ones um, closest to us. Now we are shipping things in from like New Jersey just to get this specific color t-shirt. And so we had like shipments coming in every day. He's in there screen printing. We're in the office, our now office, um, packing everything, just trying to send out, we'd send out, probably 300 to 400 packages a day. So this was like my every waking moment was packing these shirts. And it was absolutely insane. Absolutely insane. So eventually we did have to outsource. I think towards the end, as we started getting closer to the anniversary, we outsourced about like 700 because it was like the last 700 that we needed. And um, we just, we had already done like 5,000, 6,000 shirts ourselves. So we were like, it's yes. time. We yeah. Outsource. <laughs> Talk me through the process as such from conception of idea to the final like designs that you decide, yeah, we're going to go live with them. Do you just go with your gut or do you ask other people for their thoughts on what you think will sell? It starts in Procreate on my iPad, which I actually have right here. So I think all my, actually that's a lie. It starts on my phone and my notes app in my phone. Um, I have a T ideas, um, little, what's it called? A note, notepad basically. And it has, it's at the top of my list and it just has all my ideas. It has inspiration pictures. It has all the notes and everything I would have to know if I wanted to get to drawing, if I had time to draw it out. 
And so that's like the bare scraps of the design. Um, and then I take it to procreate. And I think my general rule is if it's very easy for me to like draw something out um, conceptually and just get whatever's in my brain out on paper, then it's a good design because yeah. a lot of the time I, um, I'll have an idea, but it's just very difficult for me to be happy with it. Like with how I, I don't know if you ever had one of those moments where it's like, you know what you want it to be in your head, but you can't, it, you can't bring it into fruition. And that's so yeah. frustrating. Um, and so I think usually for generally the designs that are always my favorite are ones that just come very easy. And I think it's because just the idea of it and maybe like the concept behind it just, it just is easy to translate onto paper. And usually if it's easy to design, it just looks good and wears good on a shirt because, you know, you can have like a very deep meaning behind a shirt and it'd be very simple. And sometimes yeah. those are like the best shirts to wear. And like my general thing is like, if I would wear it, I feel like other people would wear it. And I say that because um, I call them my besties, but they're like my followers. But I feel like they're my best friends because we are very similar. I think all of us are very similar and more alike, uh, you know, alike in more ways than one. And so normally, if I really love something, everyone else loves it too. And that's yeah. because we are like very, really the same. Um, so uh I think I get a lot of inspiration too just from my friends and the people that follow me a lot of the time I just go live and talk to whoever's joined the live and it normally is the same like 25 people that will come through to every single live and so I mean I have really good bonds I would say with those people and I call them my live besties um and so they will have like designing lives and we'll go live on TikTok or we'll go live on Instagram and they'll help me finish an idea that I started or um a lot of the times they'll come up with the idea and I'll finish it and so it is very collaborative and I think I work best in a collaborative environment because I'm very indecisive and I can't really make decisions for myself. So I need someone else to either reaffirm me or um, just guide me in a better direction. And so I think that that's how it happens. And then the last step basically is just to throw it into Adobe Illustrator or Photoshop and clean it up. But my dad normally does that part because, you know, he, after that you have to burn it onto the screens. And so he does the sizing and then he will solidify and kind of clean up my final drawing on Procreate. I love, I love that all your family are involved in it because I just know if it was me to my mum, even if I was good at it, I reckon she'd be like, nah, you wanted to do this, off you go, but you try and do it yourself. But I just love that everyone's just like proper, like got involved and it's like, yeah, we're all going to like muck him and make this like the best thing possible, which is great, especially like in the last, like, like we've said, within the last year, it's great that you've all had this kind of like little kind of passion project that's turned into so much more than what you all thought it was going to be. Yeah. Yeah. Both my parents um, ended up quitting their jobs just to run the shop full time. Um, and then we live with my grandparents. So my grandpa, he isn't working full time at the moment. So it's, it's, it's everyone, my brother, it's my brother driving to go get the shirt from the distributor. It's my dad um, making shirts. It's my grandpa and my mom packing in the office. You know, it's, it's me up here drawing, you know, on social media, packing, you know, so it, it really is a, a, a family effort. And I don't think that I could 
honestly do it on my own. It's way too much work for me to do it on my own. And I'm like very grateful that it was such an easy and natural process for all of us to kind of just jump into. Well, that kind of like leads me kind of nicely a little bit on. What's one part of running the shop that customers wouldn't realize that you have to do so much of? That's um, shocked me the most was, <laughs> well, I think maybe it's just me because I'm very particular about like um, advertisement and I guess um, what goes on the feed, but shout out to all the small businesses who do everything on their own because you really are like your own um, product manager. You take pictures, you're your own photographer, you're your own um, packager, I guess you would say. So it's like all the packing slips. Shipping is so hard. Shipping is so difficult. Um, it's the lost packages with U UPS. It's the return sizing. It's, um, you know, it's the secret hole that you didn't find before you shipped out the sweatpants. You know, it's all the little things and it's the packaging. Oh God, the small business packaging always comes through. It's, you know, sourcing that stuff. And especially now, um, you wouldn't think, but during COVID, it has been extraordinarily difficult to source crewnecks and t-shirts in the cute colors because, I mean, COVID has had an impact in, in a lot of people's lives. And so I think distributors are really taking, you know, a toll. Yeah. And so it's sourcing. And sometimes you have to source from, you know, you don't even know when it's going to get to you, but you just know you need the lilac colored t-shirt. So you, you have to take the risk, but you don't know when it's going to get here, but you have to get it. So yeah. it, it's that, you know, posting the pictures and staying active and it can be exhausting. And I'm lucky that I have a whole team essentially behind me to help me with all of that, but to do it on your own, it's, it can be very stressful. What do you think is more important to running a business passion or the skill? That's a very good question. I think it's definitely a mix of both, but probably passion because you know, the hardest part of starting a small business is starting it and, you know, getting going. And if you don't have that passion and if you don't love what you're making, I feel like it's going to be very hard to connect with your audience. And people can tell if you're just not very happy with something or you're not happy with your design or you don't really love what you made, but you're like, oh, here this is, you know? And so I think it's the passion that comes first and skill develops over time. I mean, we were not good in any means at shipping when we first started but now I would say that we have a very good grasp on shipping and you know and packaging and what people like and but that happened over time and so I think the skill it's okay if you don't have know everything at the beginning but if you have that passion to keep going um, and that perseverance to take what you start with and grow it into what you want to see then I think the skill just comes along with that eventually but yeah, I don't think anyone really starts with everything perfect in the, in the beginning. Do you ever feel pressured in getting designs out really quickly when something happens? Like I've put on here, for example, the Grammys. There was designs like within an hour after the performance, like boom, straight up. Like, yeah, yeah. Oh, one like absolutely, a hundred percent. I think, especially in moments like that, like iconic you know, events such as that, it is of the essence. And I think 
a lot of people, myself included, definitely feel the pressure because, I mean, in moments like that, when, you know, in the midst of the Grammys, that's when the hype is, you know, at its peak. And so it's like, I need to get this design out right now. It has to go out right now. The Grammys happened an hour ago, which like, in the grand scheme of time, getting a design out in an hour that is absolutely insane and i know people did it and like i don't know because there's there is the t- for me because the process of screen printing takes so long even embroidery and stuff like that you have to get it digitized that usually takes like 24 hours the turnaround time for that kind of stuff um but screen printing is set, uh, especially you have to like have the concept first of all which within an hour to have a concept of of that like to condense it into one one design um, is crazy, but to have the idea and then to digitize it and um, have it all ready to go and then to burn it onto the screens and then to get it onto the screens, let the screens dry, get the paint, the correct paint. We usually do puff paint for a lot of things because I love puff paint, but to have the materials, to order them if you don't have them, to get the colors right, like it is a whole thing. And so for me, it's the, sh- the, the push and pull between I need to get this out immediately while everyone is still talking about the Grammys and everyone cares about the Grammys. And I want to release something that I'm happy with that I would wear that is good quality that, um, and you know, and that I actually love. And it's like, if that takes extra time for me to do that, then I need to take that time. And I think I learned that the hard way of releasing something and just being like, you know, it's doing good, but is that my favorite thing ever? You know? And I feel like everything at the moment, and recently it has, everything at the moment that I'm releasing is my favorite thing ever. And I truly mean that because when I make it, I'm so happy with it that I'm like, right now, this is my favorite thing ever. And a lot of people ask yeah. me, what's your favorite item in stock? And it's, well, oh. I just made this shirt and this is my favorite thing ever. So... <laughs> I just think it's like crazy that like whenever something happens, I will like go on Instagram, refresh, and literally like mm-hmm. every single shop that I like follow is like, I'm just like, wow, like, wow. And even I felt pressured, like after the Grammys, I was like on ASOS at like freaking, obviously it was like 3 a.m. here, like, right, I need to yeah. order a leather flares, a leather jacket. I need to order a feather boa off Amazon before they sell out. Yeah. Get this photo yeah. done. And then like, I've got people messaging me like, when is it going to go up? And I'm like, guys, I haven't even had time to shoot it. Like, I work a full-time job as well. Like, like that kind of as well leads me on. How the hell do you balance doing this and working and not working, studying as well? Like, obviously you said you've got your parents um, helping run the shop essentially full-time um how do you find that you have to balance studying against obviously coming up with designs and helping out and all the other aspects yeah um so recently actually because I I also had um a part-time job at a local coffee shop as well and I had worked there for almost two years and I loved working there but that was recently one of the things that I felt like I had to give up just to move forward. And I think that was really hard for me in the past month because, you know, giving up something that you care about, but giving it up because it doesn't work for you anymore. And I think I realized that I wanted to move forward with press paper shop. So that was the sacrifice that I had to give up. So now I have, you know, my weekends are free. Um, I think a lot of the stuff, 
that I do happens over the weekends, but also, you know, I have classes in the mornings, usually on purpose. Um, so I have my labs at like 7am and I have my, um, a lot of my classes are at like 10.30am and the latest that they go is to like 11.45. And so a lot of my work and the bulk of it happens in the morning so that you know, whatever I need to do afterwards, I still have the whole day to do. And then normally it's like 4 to 10 p.m. that I'm working on the shop. And it's not an everyday thing, but because of yeah. the pandemic, and because I'm not on campus at the moment and I'm home, it makes it so much easier for me to like be at this desk, do work. This is my work area to switch it off, walk up the door. It's press paper shop, you know? And so, yeah, I think it's been actually a little bit to not really have any boundaries between like work school and like sleep and relax spaces if you know what I mean like there's no designated spaces for each thing which can be very stressful but I mean I think it I'm so grateful that I get to work from home and to be home and to study at home and it's made everything 10 times easier so I'm just trying to keep that in mind while I'm like you know, stressed out almost all the time, but you know, it's, it works for me. So yeah, I think I'm just grateful. What do you think was the most rewarding thing that you've got so far from running the shop? Um, well, for one, I honestly feel like I gained thousands of best friends. (laughs) I think, especially during quarantine, they have been so amazing to me and we've created this little small business community um, that is phenomenal. And we look out for each other and we're there for each other. And I met, you know, probably like five or six of my closest friends through Harry and through the shop and their support and meeting them is such a blessing to me because I mean, while you're locked inside all day to just have connections with someone other than your mom, your dad, your grandma, grandpa, your siblings, you know, um, is, so awesome to have. And obviously I have, um, my best friend Aliyah too, that has been a huge part of the business and just getting started. And she's been a huge support. And so I think realizing how the people around you who just love you and who just want to be a part of your journey and, um, and then my customers and my besties and, you know, everyone who we just come, we bond over this one thing. And I think, the community that 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 brings, even though we're probably the most isolated we've ever been in our own lifetimes, that we're still connected. Um, And I think that that is really awesome. Okay, we are gonna now take it to what I think is always not that none of this is not fun, but the fun (laughs) bit where we can kind of decompress from like, big deep chats as such, and move on to the quick fire round. Um, would you like the first four questions to be One Direction or Harry Styles based? Let's do Harry. Okay, so we'll start the quickfire round, how we start every quickfire round, and that is favourite song? Uh, to Be So Lonely. Yep, that's one of my top <laughs> ones. Um, the worst, worst song? Wouldn't say worst song, just least listened to would be probably like treat people with kindness, but I love it, but I just don't put it on the car. I don't put it on the car. <laughs> Favorite album? Um, pro- fine line. Well, there's only other one option, but worst album? 
No! <laughs> Don't do that to me. <laughs> I feel I feel like there's a lot of tension between the two albums and they're equally yeah. beautiful. <laughs> Okay, so now we're going to take it a bit more design-based for the next couple of questions. Which member of One Direction do you think has the best own merch designs? Nile, I think, Nile. Okay. Yeah. I, was, I thought, like, I quite like Louis's, like, swirly, like, walls hoodies. Like, I feel like you could wear them out and not be, yeah. like, I'm wearing his face on my t-shirt like yeah I guess that's true I think I just like the look of like heartbreak weather I think is just a very yeah. catchy phrase and also very cute and I haven't done anything with heartbreak weather but I just love like what Louis merch is cute and walls is cute but I feel like heartbreak weather I feel like even out of context that's kind of cute you know you know what I yeah. mean so I think that it's really cute did it isn't there like um like um a rain jacket. I think there was. I think there was. Um, I think it was like. I want to say it was like that navy blue because that seems to be like his color. That navy blue. Or now I'm getting yellow in my head, maybe. But I don't know. Yeah, I thought. Just I thought it was yellow recently. I don't. I like blanking on the color, but I thought that was so freaking cute. It was so expensive, but the little heartbreak weather. Woo! That was really cute. I thought that was cute. And then on the opposite side. Who's got the worst merch? Not that he has the worst merch. It's just I feel like he has so much potential and I want him to reach it. I'm going to say Harry because they can do better. And I understand the approach that they're taking with his merch because, and I was talking about this with my small business friends the other day, that he can't put his little face on a shirt that says I love him like how we can. You know what I mean? Yeah. But that's what we're here for. But I can understand the criticism towards his merch, but it just makes sense for him. But the, it could be more. I don't know if that makes sense. <laughs> no, it does make sense. Like, um, some of it, when it comes out, I'm like, I want to buy it. But I'm like, where the hell are you going to wear that other than in your room? Like, yep. you're not going to wear, like, the T-shirt that come out with the, like, gloved hand. I'm like, you're not going to wear that out with an outfit. Like, <laughs> you're not yeah. you're really not um what is your best design that you've made do you personally think one of my favorites that sticks out in my mind is um the Bukowski tea with the Bukowski quote just because the little sunflower on the back the dancing sunflower and it says I just keep uh keep on dancing on the back oh I just that was a very inspirational moment for me. And I joke around and I'm like, oh, designs come to me in my sleep. That one actually, like, I dreamed about it. I'm pretty sure. One that you're not too keen on, but the customers keep buying. I wouldn't, I th probably the honey tea. And I'm going to tell you why. Because it's been around for a while. And, and I'm just like, I guess I've packed so many that I'm tired of looking at it. I'm like, I want to <laughs> move on. <laughs> it is a classic, but like, it's, I feel like that will always be like your classic, like one that you, you're like, I won't, ever, you won't ever be able to get rid of it because it started it, but you're like, if one yeah. person buys this. Yeah, it um, is. It's a lovely relationship. <laughs> one design that you've done that you were surprised that did really well. 
probably the To Be So Lonely uh, embroidered crew neck. And not that I wasn't expecting it to do well. It's just very niche, I feel like, because um, when I usually when I hear songs, I think colors that are associated with them. And for me, for whatever reason, To Be So Lonely is orange. And yeah. I was actually talking about this on live with um, some of the people who had, you know, been coming to my lives regularly. And to them, it meant like dark blue and like purple. And I'm like, purple, like that's crazy. But to me, To Be So Lonely is orange. And so, and then, and then I just had this vivid like picture of having the sofa and the side table. And then I would have this To Be So Lonely font under it. I call it to be certainly font, but it's just like the font that I imagine it to be in, in orange. And so, but a lot of people were also like, yeah, I see it as orange too. That is orange too. And so it was just crazy for me to be like, the song that I think is orange, you think is orange too, and you like this, and you think that it looked like this too. Like, to be Saloni is just one of those songs for me that like, that is it in picture form, if that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, if you could do one thing for the shop, Money is no object at all. You've got all the money, all the resources in the world. What would it be? 100% open up a, um, like a solid front store, like a solid shop. Um, and <laughs> I've talked about this with my mom because, uh, I, I mean, I've been a barista for two years. And so, I mean, I know how to make a good cup of coffee and I love coffee. I love caffeine, slightly addicted to it. It's a problem. Yeah. But in our head, we were like half of the, if we had a storefront, half of it would be like press paper shop, the apparel side. And the other half would be come grab a cup of coffee, fine line, uh, theme drinks, you know, one direction theme drinks. And it'd be called like Harry's or something, but half of it would be press paper shop. The other half would be Harry's and get a coffee, come sit down, study. There's music. That is my dream. <laughs> I am booking my flight and I am coming in when it opens because oh my god I'd be like sitting there like I'll be remote working still probably <laughs> just staying in there all day like oh just think that you could literally just pay the whole One Direction group stuff this solo stuff like you no one would get bored because yeah. you'd go in and it'd be a different song every time because there's so much so many songs for them <laughs> as well would you branch off into other fandoms in the future yeah, I think um, the next ones immediately, uh, Taylor for one, because um, I have been obsessed with Evermore specifically. Love Folklore. Evermore for me is my album, like 100%. So I prefer I prefer Evermore over Folklore. I just can't, just I can't get into Folklore. I can't skip any song. It's like every yeah. single song I start Um, And then... What I've been wanting to do for a while is Conan Gray um, and Kelly Uchis. Just a lot of the artists that I have liked pre-COVID that I kind of want to incorporate into the shop now since it has been Harry and One Direction for so long, which I'm not complaining about. But I think it'd just be fun to um, check out. So it's definitely something we want to do within the next year. Where do you see the future of the shop going? I mean, hopefully, eventually, we will have a storefront, but um, mo more immediately, we're working on our new website, which has taken up so much time, um, and it's it's our own domain, so we had it built, it's completely 
our own domain.com, press paper shop. Um, so we're so excited to finally branch away from Etsy because I think when you think of Etsy, you think of a lot of other shops as well. And we just wanted to be uniquely press paper shop. And so I'm really excited to make that switch uh, soon. Um, to round the whole episode off, um, I asked the same two questions to everybody, really. But what has being a fangirl brought to your life? I mean, the entire shop, really. <laughs> all my friends, <laughs> um, all my internet friends, which we're meeting soon, hopefully, if we can get vaccinations. Um, but, you know, some of my closest friends, it's bought, brought me relationships that I never thought, like one of my best friends is out of the country. And like, I never, th like, if I didn't know Harry, I would never know her. And she's like one of the biggest supports of my life. Um, it's brought me and the people that I know, my best friend Aaliyah, closer together. Um, it's brought me my business and that I do full time now. And, you know, all the perks that come with that, like working at home and being able to support myself and to support my entire family. And, you know, that's that's stuff that I would have never had if I never got loved One Direction, if I never loved Harry, if I never loved the artists that I love now. So, um yeah, it's crazy. Never thought we'd be here. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then finally, what is kind of similar, but obviously it's completely different answers in regards to it. What has being a fangirl taught you about yourself? I guess just to, I say, this is like my little phrase that I like to use. And that's like to love recklessly because, you know, people are, I think that the biggest fear of being a fangirl is the fear of being judged by other people that you love this specific person or this specific thing too much and you're just weird and like why would you I remember being in middle school why would you ever love One Direction that's so cringy and you know I think that's always the thing that's associated with being a fangirl like you're so obsessive but it's like so what love recklessly love what you love like what you like people are always going to have something to say you can't make everyone happy so why live for everyone else when you can just live for yourself and if loving one direction and loving harry is what fulfills you then who is anyone to say that that is not sufficient enough a big thank you to emily for joining me on this week's episode if you want to find out more about Emily and Press Paper Shop, make sure to head on over to our Instagram at That Fangirl Life Podcast. And remember, if you are enjoying the podcast, please do make sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and follow us if you listen on Spotify. It really helps others find the show. And join me next week when I'll be speaking to Natalie Held in regards to her fangirl journey and how that's helped her career so far.